Welcome to Safety Bites, a weekly podcast on all things related to workplace safety, hosted by me, Jason Schaffenbuhl. The thoughts expressed in this podcast are based upon my opinion and general best practices, which may not apply to all listeners. Always consult with a qualified professional before making any changes in your organization. In week 20's podcast, I talked about OSHA's general duty clause. While I feel this is one of OSHA's most important and powerful standards, I also realize that in practice, application of standard could be subjectively applied. With violations of prescriptive OSHA standards, such as employee training or having required machine guarding, as a business, you must prove that you address the issue through training records or proof that the guarding exists and meets the various performance requirements. Violation of the general duty clause are different from OSHA's prescriptive standards, like machine guarding, because OSHA must prove the general duty citation was applicable and other conditions were met. For OSHA to use a general duty citation, there must be a situation where there is a recognized hazard that caused or is likely to cause death or serious physical harm. As an employer with any OSHA citation, you may consider contesting it. Here are four elements OSHA needs to prove in order to issue a general duty citation if you wish to contest it. The first requirement is established by the general duty clause. OSHA must show that the hazard was recognized. Typically, this is easy for OSHA to prove. If there is a voluntary industry consensus standard on the issue, or the hazard has been discussed in industry publications or research, or addressed in an equipment owner's manual, then the hazard is recognized. OSHA can also show that an employer recognized the hazard, or should have recognized the hazard, if the issue was identified in workplace safety audits, near-miss reports, accident investigations, work rules, employee complaints, or safety committee notes. Thus, the employer has limited ability to prove they shouldn't have been aware of the hazard. Business owners have tried to say they weren't personally aware of the hazards, and the courts have routinely ruled that employers have the obligation to remain aware of recognized hazards in their industry and workplace. An employer's lack of knowledge does not mean that the hazard isn't recognized. For example, OSHA issued a general duty citation when an employee was sitting on the tailgate of a pickup truck, the truck hit a bump, and the employee landed on the ground, suffering fatal injuries. It's a recognized hazard to sit on the tailgate of a truck while it's in motion. The second requirement of the general duty clause states that the hazard caused or is likely to cause death or serious injury. Because most of OSHA's inspections of the result of death, hospitalization, or amputation, the outcome of the employer's exposure to the hazard, i.e. death or amputation, proves the requirement for OSHA. Some employers will argue that the severity of the injury isn't likely, but is typically a lost cause. OSHA has access to thousands of serious injury reports, and typically the hazard near organization isn't unique and OSHA can show that the same hazard has led to the same or similar injuries in other workplaces. OSHA has data and injuries to support its position. Now we get to the third and fourth requirements that OSHA must meet to prove that a general duty violation exists. These requirements are not part of the standard, but have been put into place to ensure equitable application of the standard. The third requirement is that the hazard was present in the workplace. I would argue this is one of the easiest requirements OSHA has to meet. All OSHA must do is show that the employee was in the workplace or working for the employer at the time of the injury. Typically, OSHA will not even conduct an inspection if this is not the case, because they do not have jurisdiction. I've never heard of a general duty citation being vacated because this requirement was not proven. The fourth requirement is that OSHA must prove a feasible means to eliminate or materially reduce the hazard exists. Courts and the Occupational Safety and Health Review Commission the agency that hears federal OSHA citation appeals cases, agreed that Congress did not intend for the general duty clause to protect employees against all conceivable workplace hazards. Rather, 
The general duty clause was intended to protect employees against hazards that are preventable. Prevention is based upon feasibility. There are two elements of feasibility. Economic and technological. And the feasible means OSHA suggests need to be more protective than what the employer is already doing and not create additional hazards. For example, at my company, we brought in the local police to address workplace violence situations so our employees know about run, hide, fight. If we had not addressed workplace violence at all, this would have likely been one of many feasible suggestions from OSHA. Now that we've done this and addressed our recognized hazard, OSHA would have to prove that there are other feasible means to eliminate or materially reduce the hazard. Requiring our employees, such as claims adjusters, to wear body armor is not feasible. While I would like to offer you guidelines on what is technologically or economically feasible, each circumstance is unique, and the law judges hearing an appeal case weigh the facts differently. Feasibility is generally the hardest part for OSHA to prove, but it's not impossible. In fact, OSHA is highly successful in proving its case. Because of the subjective nature of feasibility, employers will often base their appeal of a general duty citation on the economical or technological feasibility of the control measures that OSHA suggests. Before you decide to contest a general duty citation, especially for feasibility means, please obtain legal counsel. The intent of this podcast is to inform you of OSHA's burden of proof if you receive a general duty citation. OSHA has and will continue to routinely and successfully use the general duty clause to protect employees. Most commonly, the general duty clause is used to protect employees from exposure to chemicals where no permissible exposure limit has been established, workplace violence, and ergonomic hazards. These hazards are all well recognized, and OSHA has been able to consistently show a feasible means to control the hazards. Remember, it's important to take the time to routinely evaluate your workplace for hazards that are likely to cause serious harm. If these hazards are not covered by one of OSHA's prescriptive standards, because you recognize the hazard and feel it could lead to serious injury, you should take steps to control the hazard to protect your employees and your organization. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and will join me next week. Until then, create a safer workplace and email me if you have any questions or suggestions.